0: You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and I heard through the grapevine, I have heard a few people say throughout my time with NASM, some people that have tried NASM, some people who just look at it and go, I have made my opinion about it without doing it. They say, NASM workouts are boring. Mm, well, that's interesting. That's just, that's a rumor that I've heard. In fact, uh, as of the recording of this podcast, just this weekend, we there were the Grammys, and I saw the amazing Adele, and it reminded me of a song called Rumor Has It, which my daughter, when she was younger, she thought was wormer has it, which isn't a word. It's not a word, but so when she would sing, she would say, wormer has it. And then she would sing warmer. So I, I would sing with her and I would very loudly, I would say, rumor has it. And I would point out, rumor has it. And she goes, dad, dad, stop, stop. It's warmer. (laughs) All right. All right, kiddo, whatever you got. Now I've heard these things before, but like heard what? I've heard that this workout is boring. This workout is boring. Your mom's boring. What? Nothing. I'm just saying that people will point out that there are things that are either boring to them or that they dislike. But I'm going to tell you right now, most of the things that people find boring are part of the warm-up. And warm-ups are never the most exciting part of the workout. Is it the, is it the foam rolling? Foam rolling can be boring, sure. Um, uh, core, maybe. Balance, maybe. Plyos, uh maybe SAQ. No one has ever talked about how boring speed agility and quickness drills are, but I don't know, maybe. Maybe that you find them boring. But if I go and I say, hey, why don't you do a warm-up on a treadmill or an elliptical or an arc trainer or a rower or a ski erg or at what point, that's also, you could say that those are boring. So what are you comparing this boring to? It's it's part of a warm-up process. But I do happen to have some tricks up my sleeve for your boring workouts. Because they're not NASM boring workouts. They're your workouts that people are finding boring. And let me just be clear. Number one, and I've got about you know five or six things I want to talk about. The first one is for you. Don't be boring. Now, let's be honest, I'm not here to entertain you, but I am here to give you the most effective and efficient workout possible. And so there are some things that lead up to it. For those of you who do some chit chat during your workouts, which which I do, which almost exclusively happens during the warm up, somebody's foam rolling, they're doing their core exercise, they're doing some balance exercises. That for me is the time. Where I'm like, oh, how was your weekend? What did you do? Let's get, you know, a little bit of catch up. And then at the same time, be like, hey, your, the arch is collapsing a little bit. I want you to make sure to make short foot, strong foot, stack everything on top of the joints, ankle, knee, hip, all in alignment. Good. Keep going. Is it the most challenging part of the workout? Up for maybe a phase one, definitely. Uh, may not be the most challenging. However, I've talked about this on the show before. If you've not done a balance series with me, the way that I do them, then, then it's just maybe a few little exercises of balance, and I'm telling you, they're they're incredibly challenging. So my my point to you is, put together your program ahead of time, and don't be boring with it. So this is a time if you want to chat for a moment. Uh, Just get, and I'm not talking about having a full-blown conversation, just a little catch-up and then redirect them to focus on what they're doing. All right. The workouts are not boring. How you are implementing them, number two, your implementation of those workouts may be boring. So, for instance, if we go through that kind of core um, foam rolling or flexibility warm-up into the core balance, plyometrics, maybe SAQ before we get a, even get to the resistance training program i like to say that this is if it's a coloring book NASM has provided you with the outline you have the colors you've got the skill set you're the ones coloring it so if you do it bland colors and it's going to be a little like what what are you doing to add color To this workout, what are you doing to provide some interest to this workout? Because if you go to the NASM exercise library, it's not an exhaustive list of what you can or should be doing. They are simply the NASM OPT model is simply that it is a model for you to follow. It is the outline in the coloring book, and it is up up to you to color it. So you can provide the different color to it with your own exercises, with your own flair. Everybody, when they color it, like the color stroke is a little bit different. The way that your wrist works, the way that you want to see the color palette laid out, you design that, staying within the framework. And then you can also consider this. Number three, no one, and I repeat, no one expects these warm-ups to be interesting part of the workout, so don't worry about whether or not the warm-up is the most dynamic. Number four, do the bits that are easy as your active breaks. So if they're doing, let's say, um, balance exercises, and they find those to be easy, Fantastic. You don't want to do those in the warm-up. You don't want to go through all of those things, even the core, let's say, core imbalance. Let's do this. Let's put it in circuit with your workouts, whatever you're doing for your resistance training, and then for your active rest, you get one-minute break. I want you to stand on a single leg, and we're going to do frontal plane reaches and single-leg arm runners on one leg. We'll do the other set, come back and do the, excuse me, do the other leg. So you are now taking what was part of the warmup and they, they didn't care for it. They found it boring. So now we take it and put it somewhere else in the workout, like in your breaks between resistance training. And whether or not that's boring doesn't matter to them at all because it's a break. So give them something that they need packaged in what they want. They want a break. They need to do balance. Let's do it there instead of the first part of the workout because i'm assuming that your resistance training isn't boring because again if it if it is then it might be how you present that and how you engage you got to find a more entertaining way to do it and by entertaining i just mean engaging needs to be more engaging number 5 when you look at that 0 to 90 second rest uh at the end of a circuit, or sometimes in your warmup, you'll find a range of zero to 30 seconds to 60 seconds to 90 seconds. That's a pretty large berth of option of rest there. So if they're bored, choose zero seconds. If it's if it's a slow, not too challenging portion of a warmup, choose zero seconds. What does that mean? That means immediately go into the next exercise. To so the next you add a circuit, you do a circuit. And then you go back to back to back to back to back. And then the last one that I want to point out, and I think this is this is pretty important. Number six, some things you can forego if they hate doing it. Like, like what? You can forego doing almost anything if they hate it. I've told this story before. I had somebody that hated doing exercises on stability balls back in the day when every exercise was on a stability ball. It was, we're going to do a dumbbell chest press off stability ball. We're going to do core work on stability ball. Anytime that there was a, an exercise, you figure out a way to put a, their body on a stability ball. And this one person hated it. They stated, I can't stand doing stability ball workouts. So what I did inappropriately was say, oh, well, if... We do it together. We're going to find something that you love. And what I should have said to my new client is we're not going to do stability. You hate that. Let's take that off the table. We'll find some things that you like. And later on, if you want to give it a try again, let's just give it a try. But for now, don't even think about it. It's off the table. So if somebody says, listen, we've done foam rolling and it just really hurts, Uh, I really dislike it. I don't feel like there's any benefit from it. It exhausts me and it makes me uncomfortable. You know what you should do? You should force it down their throat and make... No, no. Take it off the table. Take it off the table. It's there because we put it into a system where we look at the OPT model as a systematic progression But we can remove a piece of the system if it doesn't work for the client. We don't do things because the model says so. We do things because the model helps people. But if we're doing something that isn't a service to our client, we're doing something that isn't driving a deliverable to our client that is appreciated in any way by saying it makes me uncomfortable and it hurts. And then we say, "Too bad, you got to keep doing it." Then we are in the wrong, and it is for you as the trainer to find another way. So, can I increase uh, my my core heat, can I, and the the heat in in my appendages, my my arms and my legs without foam rolling and can i loosen up in other ways yeah yeah we we provide a lot of examples of that throughout the opt model it's just that smr that self um, myofascial rolling is a component of that warm-up just take that out if it's if it's the bane of their time with you what about balance exercises Same, same, like I, I love doing the balance exercises, but to be honest with you, if somebody's like, listen, I just, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Then I might take it out or I might sneak it in in a different way where it's not all compiled there for 15 repetitions of one leg followed by something else or a 30 second single leg balance exercise. I might say, all right, so we're going to now go into, um, Walking lunges as part of not the warm-up. Now you're in the workout. But in the workout, I do a walking lunge. But when you come upright, I want you to come up onto one leg and count to two Mississippi before taking that step forward. And then go down, hold at the bottom for two. Mm, Maybe holding at the bottom for two makes them not think so much uh, or dislike so much the holding at the top for two. Hold it at the bottom for two. Good, drive through the entire platform of the foot, lean forward, extending your hip, driving up tall, and now stand up tall, lock out your quad, squeeze your glutes, hold that position, one, two, step forward, lower down, hold at the bottom. There you go, one, two, and right back up. We have just snuck in balance exercises into the resistance training program. And then they grab their quads and they're rubbing their backside and they go, Oh, that really burns. That's a great exercise. Thanks. I like that exercise. I like doing balance work prior to it. Why? So that I can maximize the balance work they get out while doing it. But is it required? It's not required, but it's in the OPT model. I know, but my client doesn't like it. Now, if somebody's goal is to get stronger in their lower body, uh, let's say, and they want to do squats, then it's probably imperative that we do squats. And if you're one of those trainers that are like, I only like doing unilateral leg exercises. Well, m- maybe you should do a bilateral squatting exercise for your client because that's what your client wants. You now, our job is Honestly, to have like a big array of things that we can do and that we can pull from, they're called options. We have a lot of options. Why? Because we spend our time thinking about workouts and how we can deliver options to people. And by delivering said options, I can have a client that likes something, that dislikes something, a client that's game for any and everything. And and then, of course, you have those clients that kind of hate being at the gym and they're just here. And have a trainer because you're going to make them do the things that they don't want to do. They just want to do their least hated exercises, and so we have to be aware of who it is that we're working with, and how we can work with them. And and I love saving space for um, for questions on what it is that they want to do. It doesn't mean I don't program their workouts. That doesn't mean that at all. It means that I save space for them to contribute to their own workout. What do you want to do today? I used to hate that. Oh, I used to hate hearing that. Trainer said, what do you want to do today? It's, most of the reasons I hate it is because the trainer had zero idea of what they wanted to do to train. They didn't have an outline or a program, uh, a map of any sort. So when they would say that, it was because of they just said, "Hey, we'll we'll figure out what you want to do, and then from there, I'll come up. I'll just make some stuff up." Um, this is different. This is I've got you in a particular phase uh, in a macro, mezzo, um, uh, micro cycle, and I ask you what your contributions to that cycle are in that particular workout, so that you feel like you're more a part of it, and we know. That when people feel like they're more a part and that they contribute more to their own outcomes, that that increases compliance and adherence. Which means what? They stick with you longer, baby. Come on. Participate. Don't dictate. Let them be a part of that programming and come up with something, especially for people who just don't like exercises or they do exercises, they're boring, they do exercises, that doesn't feel good, they just don't like doing it, ask them to contribute. What do you like doing? What would you like to do today? What would you like to focus on today in your workout that I can then put all of the plans that I have and center that around what it is that you want to do, because we're gonna get something that you wanna get in, we're gonna get some stuff that I wanna get in, and we're gonna work together to help you reach your goals. And that, my friends, is how we move forward in the not being boring category. How do I not be boring? First of all, by not being boring. Two, the workouts are not boring generally, Uh, it's how we implement them that can be boring. Three, No one expects the warm-ups to be the most exciting part of the workout. Four, do the bits that are easy as your your active breaks. My dog is going nuts because there's somebody in the hallway. Here we go. Come here. Rocky, come. I'm going to introduce you to Rocky. Uh, Five is that you've got a rest range. Come on, buddy. There we go. For those of you watching on YouTube, this is Rocky. Rocky is our little multi-poo, which I didn't think I would ever have one of these little like curly haired dogs like this. Little tiny seven, eight, nine, ten pound dog. But I do, and he's adorable. So I'm not mad about it anymore. 90 seconds is a long rest time. Zero to 90 seconds. If they're bored, choose zero seconds. Boom, right into the next, to the next, to the next. And number six, some things you can forego. If they hate them or if they don't work for that client, and we can take it, stop. And we can just find something else to do. All right. Thank you so much for, for being a part of this. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness, fitness friends and family. If you want to reach out to me, you can do so. Hit me up on Instagram at Ritchie. Uh, or you can email me, rick.ritchie at nasm.org. And to become an NASM personal trainer or continue your education with NASM, check out our website at nasm.org. Thanks for listening. My name is Rick Ritchie, and this has been the NASM CPT Podcast.